Hello everybody and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast, volume 12, issue 564. And today we're going to be talking about Fighters Megamix. Joining me, Leon Cox, in this issue, Carl Moon. Hey everyone. Mikhail Kroder. Vroom, vroom, vroom. I had a feeling he'd have brought something. I don't know what it was, but... Uh... It's uh, the Hornet, of course. Oh, okay. Fair yeah. enough. Because you can and... be a car! Yeah, <laughs> that is that is the USP. Welcome yeah. back. It's been too long. It's Dan Clark. Hi, lovely to be back with you. We Dan's back. I managed to managed to get in contact and lure him back to us. The arms, the bosom of Kane and Rince. Right, Fighters Mega Mix then is put in its simplest terms a polygon-based three D fighting game featuring combatants from Sega's nineties era games, mainly fighting games, but as we've already heard, not only fighting games. Why are we talking about this one this year? Well, Carl decided we ought to. And here he is to explain why. This is one of the really interesting games of, of I suppose, my uh, teenage years, because I was very much firmly in the... Uh, the I, was, I was sort of firmly in two camps, right? At home, it was the PlayStation, and at, sort of away from home, it was the arcade. Um, and this was kind of the game that, that you couldn't get either of those avenues. Um, and it was getting some praise, and it was always the kind of game that uh, it was one of a small handful that I looked enviously over at the other side uh, towards the Saturn, mm-hmm. um, and it became, I wouldn't say it was my first, but it was uh, certainly one of my uh, former games where it was like I intentionally set aside a way to save money to go and get that console, to go and get that game. Yeah. Uh, it's not necessarily, as you know, regular listeners will be aware of, it's not necessarily something that I've experienced a lot. Um, but spoiler, it is not a game I got at launch. No. So it's uh, definitely a rarity in that regard. So just sort of that, that enviousness of seeing the media and the press, and, uh, you know, by this point, even by this point in the generation the support in the media had been somewhat dwindling towards the Saturn, but this was still that kind of, I want to really play that game. That is just something I can't get over here. Uh, And I just thought it would make a really interesting game to talk around, given the stature and importance of things um, equivalent-wise on the PlayStation being Tekken Mm -hmm. and the Saturn being dominant in the 2D space. And this kind of been sat right in the middle of those. Um, And also, I thought it would be a nice way to get Dan Clark back on, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Yeah. Um, And as we haven't previously talked about uh, any of Sega's fighters, I don't think, in the the 11-year history of Kane and Rince, we'll also do a little bit on kind of how we got to Fighters Mega Mix. Mm -hmm. This won't be an extensive, um, comprehensive Virtua Fighter show by any means, but we will obviously need to talk a bit a bit a bit about those games and, of course, Fighting Vipers. Dan, uh, I think you have some uh, some fighting Fighters Mega Mix memories, which may or may not be accurate. <laughs> yeah, I've been slightly um, Mandela affected by this, um, by which I mean I haven't woken up in a different universe. I've misremembered something. Yeah. Um, so I, I remember, like Carl did, uh, all the, the, the magazine build-up to this. It was almost um, like, you know when you get like, April Fool's jokes in the magazines? Yes. It yes. almost felt like that as the Totally sort of, uh, did. The yeah. story started rolling out of the secret characters and, and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. And um, I'd remembered it, that this was the game that had sold me on the Saturn. 
mm. um, which I think it was, but it had taken a long time after this game had released. So mm. um, I, I didn't even own a PlayStation by the time this uh, had released until right. after Final Fantasy VII. So I think this game must have just stuck in my head until mm. I eventually uh, decided to jump ship and get myself a second-hand Saturn and, uh, yeah, and give things a go. And um, were you much of a, did you play many of the 3D fighters at the arcades or anything like that? So I was, and probably still am, um, much more a Tekken guy than Virtua Fighter. Mm -hmm. uh, I I hesitate to use the word clunky. It's not the right word. I'm going to get PPK'd by someone for that, I'm sure. <laughs> but um, probably um, deliberate, methodical, mechanical, those kind of words. Do you know yes. what I mean? It's, um, and whereas Tekken's sort of, whether it's a, a rhythmic thing or um, just a mm. tuning in with, I guess everyone's attuned to one or the other. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit like the Beatles and the Stones. Uh, mm. Yeah, it is a bit, yeah. yeah. Except in this case, the both bands originally had the same member, but uh, we'll more of that in a moment. Uh, yeah, I, I certainly, I, I kind of played Tekken more because I got a PS1 before I got a Saturn. And, and yeah, so the, and the, limb, the limb to button system made so much sense. Um, that when I came to play the Virtua games afterwards, yeah, it felt that much more. It felt like there was more to learn, and and yeah, the nature. We'll get more into the nature of the game, but I think the the term that people often use is more technical. But I actually want to go and sort of dive into why that why we say that and what that means. Sorry, Dan. No, it's absolutely fine, and um, yeah, totally echo what you're saying there. That um, I, I don't know if it's that Tekken. Uh, yeah, I think it's just maybe which one you played first is the probably is going to cement itself in your muscle memory and and behaviour memory and things like that. But there there is yeah there are there are some elements which cross over, uh, yeah for good reasons. Well, we'll get more into it anyway. Um, but yeah, so basically, I mean, there isn't that much to say because there's only one way to play this game legally, and we all did or <laughs> have. So it's on the Saturn. <laughs> That's it, uh, Mikhail. When when did you get Fighters Mega Mix? Uh, was this one of your more recent purchases? No, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I can't say a hundred percent with certainty, but I'm almost sure that I got it with my Japanese Saturn. So that was yeah. uh, around 2012, I think. <laughs> That's uh, still pretty recent compared to when the game came out. But yes, it's uh, it's eleven years ago. Yeah, you know? yeah. So um, yeah, it's. I got it at that point uh, because uh, my friend who bought the Saturn for me in Japan and brought it back with him was a massive fan of this. And he told me, you need this game in your life. Uh, but it wasn't like I had never heard of it before. And I'm very sure also that the first time I was uh, introduced to Fighters Mega Mix was, mm. uh, interestingly enough, in a random issue of CVG that I bought. Yeah. Uh, and it had an April Fool's in there. Yes. Uh, with a screenshot of yeah. uh, a character select screen with characters from Fighting Vipers, Virtua Fighter, and Tekken in there. Yeah, that's right. They said like it was uh, there was a new version of Fighters Mega Mix or something uh, that I yeah. can recall, which also included Tekken in there. So the, the interesting thing is that my introduction to Fighters Mega Mix was via an April Fool's joke. Mm. And so I had always, always thought that the whole game was didn't really exist you know that it was a joke and then later when you see screenshots of cars being thrown in there and all sorts of weird wacky characters Indeed. it doesn't exactly help to convince me that the whole game wasn't in fact a joke yeah yeah some so, of it's like a fever dream it is a bit like a fever dream this game is in uh, in my history and <laughs> uh yeah of course 
throughout the years, I found out that it actually does exist. And, you know, like uh, when with, with yeah, YouTube. It really does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and beyond the realm of uh, static screenshots in magazines that could have been easily doctored, of course, the rise of YouTube with all sorts of retro-themed gaming channels uh, had uh, introduced me to a lot of games that I had missed out on via moving footage. And, of course, uh, Mark Bustler at Classic Game Room did a, a, a very enthusiastic review of Fighters Mega Mix. So, yeah, mm-hmm. by the time that I got a copy pushed into my hands, uh, I had been uh, convinced that it was, in fact, a real game. Yeah. Yeah, my history is I bought this on launch day because I'm cool. Uh, hey, already, there's one of us. <laughs> I already had a Saturn. I already had uh, VF2 and Fighting Vipers. I possibly even traded in Fighting Vipers towards this. I don't recall, but it seems logical because this was a full price game and Fighting Vipers was still relatively recent. Uh, and, it, and it felt to me like pretty much everything I wanted from Fighting Vipers was contained within Fighters Megamix. But I could that that again, that could be kind of making up my own memories myself. Um, and yeah, played it a lot uh, to the point that I'd unlocked every character. And um, you'll know that I think one of the characters takes 84 hours to unlock, something like that. So, Did that in um, a day and a half. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, but, don't be turning that console off. Yeah, but the, um, the sad part is I barely ever played this in multiplayer, which is where it really would have come alive because yeah. my friends were into games, but... They weren't into learning hyper-technical, complicated fighters and getting repeatedly smashed by somebody who'd already unlocked everything in the single player, which was a kind of recurring theme back in the day. And obviously, while we've discussed many times, online fighting games, don't it doesn't quite have the same magic as playing locally. At least you can play people of a similar skill without, without having to kind of seek them out in real life. Um, so yeah, pros and cons, swings around. About. But then you realise that now the other people are way better you're you're now the friends who didn't want to play sure. against you yes there is that so yeah the inventor of the original virtual fighter was seiji seichi ishii who went on to tekken straight after to make uh, to namco to make tekken for them so there is that um dna crossover that we mentioned about the stones and the beatles but obviously once once he'd gone that left sega am2 to fully take up the reins on on virtual fighter and uh, and the Fighting Vipers game, which was designed to uh, appeal more to the, the American market, the US North American market, because I don't think Virtua Fighter ever fully took off outside of the kind of hardcore um, in, in, that, in that market. Uh, according to Wikipedia, asked what the impetus for creating this game was. AM2 stated towards the end of the year, we always think about having a festive game for all the users who support the Sega Saturn. The Fighters Megamix project was kept secret with the game not being announced until a November 6, 1996 press conference, less than two months before the game's release. AM2 described Fighters Megamix as a fairly easy game to create, although getting all the moves from Virtual Fighter 2 to fit onto a single disc had required the team to spend months developing new compression techniques Later advances in compression technology made fitting Fighters Megamix's much larger selection of moves a relatively simple task. And at one point, according to Sega Retro, the game was known as Fighting Festival during development. Sega published it, of course, except in South America, where Sega's friends at Tech Toy brought it out eventually. I don't know when that was, actually, but um, I know that even the Master System was still wildly popular in uh in 
Brazil for long after it was kind of a an a non-going concern elsewhere. Uh, so the director for this game, Fighters Megamix, was Hiroshi Kataoka, who had worked first for Sega on Desert Tank, uh, which is true of a number of the team ah, for this game, actually. We covered that on, uh, on Video Wizards, Desert Tank. Okay. That's tell an me, odd one. Tell us a little bit more about Desert Tank, because I've never seen one of these. I don't. Even, did it even come to the West? Uh, yeah, it did come to the West, but uh, yeah, we... We just basically had to watch videos because it yeah, didn't emulate uh, particularly no, well, sure. and it was uh, tough to f- go and look for a machine. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it seems like a fairly a fairly brisk moving mm. uh, tank um, combat game, you know, where you have to just yeah. shoot down uh, a lot of enemies. And uh, yeah, I mean, not uh, it, it. Yeah, it's. I think Yu Suzuki was the producer of it as well. Uh, very likely yeah and yeah. uh big sit had... down ga- big sit down ca- desert camo polygon yeah. tank yeah shoot them up and right? they had some uh military consultants on it uh, from yeah. uh, martin okay. marietta um so yeah i mean it's one of those uh it's one of those games that makes you realize just how many uh big showpiece games sega was making yeah. in the 1990s and uh Surprisingly enough, uh, you know, not all of them were massive worldwide hits that uh, you'd see anywhere, mm. see see everywhere. Yeah. Uh, chief coders on Fighters Megamix, uh, Tetsuya Sugimoto and Hideaka Shibazaki, who had both worked on the Mega Drive version of Virtual Racing, which we talked about in our Virtual Racing show, using that uh, extra bit of hardware, the SVP chip, to get it running at a vaguely acceptable frame rate uh, and they also worked on the Sega Saturn conversion of Virtua Fighter and Virtua Fighter on the 32X and the uh, Sega Saturn conversions of Virtua Fighter 2 and things like that so they were already I mean it was yeah it was the obvious thing to do was to to uh, give it to the experts the people who are already used to cramming the quartz of the arcade into the pint pot of the Sega Saturn. Yuji Kato was the chief graphic designer on the game and again he started with his work on Virtua Fighter, the arcade game. So, uh, and obviously the, the polygons have got a little less blocky in the intervening years, but still uh, needed a bit of shading and texturing to uh, to make them look vaguely human, things like that. Uh, the main composer for Fighters Megamix, Mega you'll know as soon as you listen to the intro music, is Takanobu Mitsuyoshi, because his kind of iconic voice rings yeah. out at the end of the at the end of the fmv i was wondering about that yeah that that yeah. voice is so recognizable yeah uh the music from fighting vipers was composed by david r Leitzer, who uh, had also worked on the desert tank arcade game and the mm-hmm. as well as the jurassic park arcade game also did a b- bit of work on daytona usa apparently um but i guess having a a, a western composer work on fighting vipers made sense as they wanted to kind of yeah, whatever appeal to the sensibilities of the North American market, and obviously you've then got the credits for the composers of the other games on the that are involved: the Virtual Fighter One and Two composers, and uh, the Sonic the Fighters or uh, Sonic Championship composer Mackie Morrow as well. The game was released exclusively for the Sega Saturn, apart from that Game.com version, uh, December the twenty first, nineteen ninety six. Didn't arrive in the US for another six months, May 15th, 1997. It was a full price game, $50, which adjusted for inflation is $94. I'm going to use this to bang my point home about games not actually having gotten more expensive. Mm. Uh, 
obviously now this didn't come with a we were we were talking about game passes and things like that earlier which obviously does elevate the price of a fighting game now but actually we were paying the equivalent of best part of 100 quid for a base game and then if they did do an update uh, 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 a character you know a couple of extra characters and a and a balance patch we'd pay 100 quid for it again which uh, you know was a lot of money in those days the equivalent thereof uh, also in North America Fighters Mega Mix was made available to rent at Blockbuster from May the 2nd 11 days before its full retail release get a head start and annoy your friends further <laughs> The PAL version arrived in June, a month after the American release. And yeah, it was 45 quid. I remember the price label on the box. It was it was once they'd moved to the plastic boxes, the actual click open cases, rather than those terrible paper ones that the early Saturn games came in. Well, they mm -hmm. were sort of plastic with a paper surround, paper that or card that would scuff and warp and uh, and the clasps on those on those boxes were... Oh, yeah. Absolutely rubbish. So this was a, a a market improvement, but too little, too late to save the Saturn. Yeah. So that was uh, eighty two quid adjusted for inflation. The uh, the PAL version. Uh, Game dot com version arrived in nineteen ninety eight. North America only, possibly according to data I could find. Uh, just a couple of quotes on that. Although uh, you know Dan remains fascinated. Hardcore Gaming 101 said, uh, even more than Duke Nukem and Mortal Kombat Trilogy, Fighters Megamix is one of the most WTF ports to Tiger's outdated on-arrival monochrome handheld game.com, but not quite as crazy as having Resident Evil 2 on there. It contains only 12 of the fighters, somewhat defeating the purpose of a Dream Match title. And Classic Game Room, in their video review, said, a truly terrible video game. <laughs> Reviews for the Sega Saturn version were a little bit more positive. It should be said, CMVG, as we discussed, gave it a high five. That's out of five. Electronic Gaming Monthly uh, gave it an 8.125 out of 10 for some <laughs> reason. Uh, Game Informer, 92.5%, I'm going to say. Game Fan, 281 out of 300. Uh, what's that in a percentage? Uh, GameSpot 8.6, Next Generation, which is the US version of Edge Magazine, 5 out of 5. Digitizer, our Teletext friends, Paul and Co. gave it 95%. Sega Pro Magazine, 95%. And Sega Saturn Magazine, 95%. You can understand why, even though we'd already oh, had yeah. Tekken and Tekken 2, we were excited for this game. The buzz was palpable. Sales-wise, data is hard to come by. We know that the Saturn didn't do very well outside of Japan. And we haven't got sales figures for the game other than about 620,000 copies in Japan, according to VG charts. So I, I'm going to guess it probably didn't make the million. Maybe. I don't know. Seth from the forum says, when I first got my Saturn for Christmas of 96, it was a second hand one that came with a big pile of games. One of these was a 3D fighter called Fighting Vipers, which was a game I'd never heard of. But the look and cover appealed to me. This ended up being the first 3D fighting game I ever got into and enjoyed the armor-breaking attacks and powerful ring-out charge moves. As a reader of the official Sega Saturn magazine, I stumbled across a preview for this sequel of sorts and knew it was my next game. I was aware of the Virtua Fighter series, but at this point I'd only played the first one with its overly polygonal graphics and floaty jump mechanic, so I wasn't as interested in that. However, the idea of meshing two fighting games together was exciting enough for me to give this a go. 
In my opinion, it's the best fighting game on the Saturn, which is a bold claim considering this console's reputation in that genre. Not even the fighting car or the odd inclusion of the Sonic the Fighters characters ruined the experience. If anything, these oddities only make it more appealing. I unlocked everything and I remember playing it a little too much sometimes. I definitely unlocked the palm tree logo, so I knew I played it that much. The character I was always drawn to was the unlockable Renter Hero. I don't know if it was because he played like a Fighting Vipers character or the crazy Robocop style look, but I but whenever I did try this on multiplayer, that was always my go-to. I haven't played the game since my Saturn days, so all of this might be hazy nostalgia and the game might handle like crap compared to games now. I'm curious to hear how the show hosts talk about it after a revisit. For me, I want to leave the memories alone, unless you all say that it's still one of the best games ever and I'll have to track down another copy as I sold my original one because I'm an idiot. <laughs> it's hard to really disagree with anything that's, that's said there, except I will take grievance at one point. The first Virtua Fighter was not overly polygonal. <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful. Underly polygonal, if anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is a shame that uh, when uh, Sega Ages was uh, an ongoing thing with M2 on, on the Switch, it's a shame they didn't do the same treatment for Virtual Fighter as they did for Virtual Racing, I think, because it would have yeah, looked absolutely we gorgeous. Never got a one to one home port of uh, Indeed. Virtual yeah. Fighter. Yeah. There, there is one on the first Astro City Mini, right? But yes, I think that has issues as well. Like it runs too fast or something like that. A few little issues, and yeah. uh, it's actually higher res than the the arcade machine as well. It's yeah. kind of high def version, which which would have been good on the Switch, but they could have done the option. Yeah. Um, anyway, yes, uh, but of course, yeah. There's some Virtua Fighter one kind of uh, legacy in this game, including one of the fighters. Uh, but first thing I want to talk about, I already mentioned the music, but the intro FMV was striking for one key reason. Can anyone remember why? Um, I'll put I, you all on the spot here. I don't know. There, I mean, you see Akira and Ban doing sort of similar <laughs> moves. I don't know. That's probably not the reason. No, it's a technical it's, thing. So, is it a Sega um, AM logo or something? No, what it is, well, and, and I can't swear to you that this is the first one of these, but it was the first one I'd seen. If you remember, virtually all FMV on the Saturn up to this point was really in a tiny little window and really blocky and grainy because the codecs were rubbish. This one, there were there were some exceptions. I'm not sure, yeah, because I've but I've seen first a couple with full full screen FMV. First first party, but were they before this game? Yeah, I think Fighting Vipers has a full screen uh, FMV. Did it? Intro. Okay, yeah. Now, well, now could... you're going to have to make me pop all the games into this. <laughs> <laughs> this could be my own Mandela effect. I yeah. thought this was one of the first ones that had uh, a near full screen FMV and didn't look really blocky and grainy. But again, could be Mandela effect myself. And this this will happen as as we get older. What are we talking about? Um, best part of 30 years ago here. But yeah, I remember because it, it ha even had a little, it had a new logo uh, in front of the FMV that explained that it was a new codec. And um, it, I remember it being striking to me at the time. Mm, All that said, yeah. while the while the intro did kind of whet the appetite, we were already used to seeing, I would say, much more spectacular, expensive, glossy-looking FMVs oh, yeah. from Namco on the on the PlayStation. And whatever the codec was, uh, you know, what it introduced, it does look cleaner than most uh, Saturn FMVs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but. 
although yeah this one would never rival say uh soul edges or soul blades for me tekken Tech, 2's intro tekken 2's yeah. um yeah. it was you could see that they obviously wanted to kind of capture that the the, the, the same excitement and obviously an fmv has mm. no real bearing on the on the game contained within but i guess this was them trying to compete with with what was on well, their rival platform. This definitely leans into one of the core reasons why I wanted to pick this game for the podcast as well, because, and this this is a very Sega trait that we saw throughout time, is they had all the potential, but always seemed to struggle to nail down the uh, exactly what <clears throat> the audience wanted at any one time. So, as many of you will be aware, the drive at this time was arcade perfect. You know, that that was kind of, that's what the magazines were always going for, arcade perfect. Tekken on the PlayStation, arcade perfect, obviously it wasn't. But these were the things that we heard. And by this point that this released, we'd already had a Tekken 1, a Tekken 2. We'd also had the likes of uh, Battle Arena, Tushin Den on the PlayStation mm. as well. <clears throat> and whilst, obviously, the, the Saturn had had its own fighting games that were really much aimed at replicating what the arcade had done, it came off and it was it was pretty well considered that some of these games came off quite poor-faced in terms of the fun. So it was all mm. about replicating that arcade experience, but actually the home experience was lacking a bit of personality, a bit of fun. So we did get things like, obviously, uh, Virtua Fighter Kids, for example. Yeah. But when it came to the likes of Virtua Fighter being on there, it was very much a this is going to be your game that you're going to put all your quarters into and you're going to complete, and that's it. That's the representative of the arcade. Isn't that great? And obviously this was at a time before we got the likes of, and you've already mentioned it here, Leon, the likes of you know Soul Edge with the, the, the fantastic uh, intro or when we got Soul Calibur, we had the fantastic uh, quest mode. And, and I think Tekken 3 brought, was Tekken 3 Tekken Ball? Or Tekken, yeah, that was after this, though. So we started to see that kind of thing, but I I believe that it had already kind of leaked in the magazines by this point because that was like '98. This was '97, Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously it's a bit unfair given the Japanese release being you know seven months earlier than the PAL release. But it, it was a sense that this was a game that was trying to blend that gap of bringing you what you had in the arcade whilst also injecting a little bit of fun. And it came across in a, hey, we can be fun too over at Sega. Look, this is what we can kind of do thing. And it felt like that's kind of what the FMV was going for. So it was leaning more into that really action-packed, you know, um, a track screen that you would see in the likes of Game or Electronics Boutique or HMV or anything over on the big screens. Yeah. If If... This still carried a Saturn display model, which I think only one of the three stores in mm. Middlesbrough by this point actually had a well, Saturn yeah. as an option. Yeah. They'd kind of just gone for two PlayStations instead. They got nerfed which out, was, didn't they? Yeah, it Due was a pretty share. damning indictment. Yeah, yeah so um, that, that that's how it always felt. So when you mentioned there about the state of the FMV, that kind of leans very much into my own personal experience of how I felt around Fighters Mega Mix at launch, that this was kind of them trying to be fun and break away from that quote-unquote arcade perfect and deliver something that was entertaining and fun in the home in the same way that, you know, we'd seen over at Sony. Mm. And it kind of was also designed to speak to the Sega fans, the fans of the yeah. franchises that were being brought together in this in this one package, which we had seen already because King of Fighters was 1994. Obviously, we were uh, still a way away from 
a, a team up of different developers with Capcom versus SNK coming in 98 as well, I guess, around then, or nine, 99. 99, um, the first one yeah, was, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, what about Marvel vs. Capcom, the original one? Oh, well, yeah, but that's, I suppose that's just a license. I mean, X-Men vs. Street Fighter was the first one of those, but that was Capcom licensing a comics property. I, yeah, so, I mean, not, it is still not a Not so much uh, like a yeah, developer. Um, yeah, yeah. but yes, related. It was certainly part of the wave of the zeitgeist of, of popularity. And yeah, that would arrive on the Saturn the following year in, in 98, um, which was hugely exciting as well. Um, yeah, but was just talking about the intro. Did the combination of these um, of these uh, pre-rendered scenes and and funky music uh, was it enough to whet the appetite? I, I mean, yes, but very much as someone that kind of loves that that Sega styling, you know, the the, the real bold arcade games that led through uh, the mid nineties and and sort of into uh, the year two thousand. Um, anything like that was kind of really exciting for me. So actually putting this on at home, and obviously by this point I'd kind of been looking forward to it. I'd tried to avoid what I could see in the flesh in terms of what was presented in the in the one game store that was still um, showcasing Sega, uh, Sega Saturn games. Yeah. So it was one of those, like, as I, this was one of the games I picked up with my Sega Saturn, so I hurriedly connected it all. This was the first game I put in. Um which was it was it's quite bold given I got knights at the same time and you know we mm. covered that in the in the podcast as mm. well how much I like that yeah. but this was the one that went in boom power on you know set it all off a track screen sat there just like an excited child well, I suppose I was an excited child so well, you were um, still are. yeah <laughs> well yes so um it's you know it's still something I do today I get excited by the uh, track screens on games that have them yeah. but this was absolutely one of Oh yeah, like I, I am sort of ready to go. Let it run through a few times, and you know, away I went. It was definitely a, mm, an appetite yeah. wear. Same. A YouTube comment on the intro FMV from Man of God Nine Thousand <laughs> says, uh, uh, "Imagines uh, a conversation between themselves and uh, and Sega. Sega saying, sorry, we couldn't give you a Virtual Fighter Three on the Saturn.'" We'll give you a game featuring Virtua Fighter 2, Fighting Vipers, and a bunch of guest characters from other Sega properties. Me, I won't play this unless you include the car from Daytona USA as a selectable character. Sega, we did! Me, eee! <laughs> <laughs> and why wouldn't they? Because yeah. It's, yeah, it's a fighting car. That is the thing that, like, if you, if you ever kind of um, happen across a video or an article about this game... The fighting car is the thing that always yeah. Yeah. is yeah. always it's mentioned. It's the first thing that people bring up. Yeah. It really is because it's so absurd. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, those those FMV intros, they was it was so much of the era. You know, it was so huge. Yeah. Like yeah. they got you really like CG was super exciting to start for starters. You know, yeah. and then like for example, you play Tekken two or Tekken three, and you let the whole intro play. They got you so pumped to play the yeah. rest of the game as well. I miss so, them. Yeah. Even so, though obviously there's a lot of amazing real time and in engine cutscenes and things now, but yeah. that kind of part of the ritual we've always we've talked about the nostalgia of getting the game, the physical copy of the game, getting on the bus, reading the manual on the way home, all that stuff yeah. that's gone and it makes us sad. But actually part of the ritual, part of the ceremony was watching the intro on some of these games and just, just watch the attract mode roll a few times. Yeah. And um whet the appetite even further. A lot of 
fighting games don't have that anymore you know maybe no. you see an intro just once and then it's just yeah straight to the title screen from there yeah huh? street fighter 5 did that didn't it they yeah, showed terrible. you it once on the first time of loading and then yeah. you, it never showed it to you again until they added it in a patch that you could rewatch it at your leisure yeah, yeah. in the uh, gallery section yeah, yeah. odd yeah. very peculiar no more track modes which is uh which is a goddamn shame fmv was a uh, famously very expensive to produce at the time as well right yeah yeah of course Yes, you, you can definitely see the budget. silicon workstations like uh, run overnight to render uh, something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, think about this came out in the same year as Toy Story One, and you mm. think about the rendering in that, and that was absolutely state of the art at the time. But if you go back and watch it now, um, the bits that aren't meant to be toys, particularly the humans and the dog things, look absolutely horrendous. So yeah. the fact that um, the fact that even you know Namco were doing people that almost started to look like people by this era in in cg rendering was was impressive um and yeah i think sega's tech was a little bit behind namco's at this point um and and their expertise with it but they still did a you know they still did an okay job i think um some i mean some of sega's fmvs of the period i love the panzer dragoons y1 for example i think it's a beautiful little kind of film in a way, um, but a lot of that is to do with the direction and the soundtrack more than the quality of the FMV, I suppose. Let's talk about the in-game graphics. So I guess the relevant point here is, bearing in mind we're probably talking to some people who are familiar with the way that Sega approached these games on uh, the, on the Saturn um, and some who aren't. So Virtual Fighter 2 had been a pretty astonishing attempt at recreating the arcade game on the Saturn there were some compromises, but they've managed to keep the gameplay at 60 frames a second with high-res character graphics, right? Um, but the backgrounds had been compromised and reduced from 3D polygons to 2D bitmaps. The Fighting Vipers game, they went with a slightly different approach, which was to have lower-res characters, but this was partly to facilitate the gameplay, which was uh kind of faster paced and had more I and mean, you had destructible barriers around the scenery and armor that could kick off and things like this and so with this game they kind of followed on from fighting vipers in terms of the approach they took so it's the lower res end of things but with perhaps greater interactivity and things like that um i think it would it's fair to say that i think most people if they ever if they saw this game for the first time today if you went and looked up a video on youtube right now as you're listening to this in 2023 you'd think the graphics looked pretty old um but how do you think they fared at the time uh carl um artistically and technically so it, it never felt as crisp as virtual fighter 2 i think that that, that was such a premium feeling game, um, even with the degradation that we saw from the arcade. Um, but stylistically, I always really liked what they'd they'd actually done with Fighting Vipers. Mm. So to be able to blend both in and actually not make them feel entirely alien from one another, whilst also being able to bring in a mix of arena styles from both those games, I really liked the way that they'd kind of blended that visually um, whilst also maintaining, you know, uh, like a, a, a sense of consistency. Now, um, what was really interesting was that 
and I still very much feel this way about the continuation of Virtual Fighter as a franchise, if it's still technically continuing, I guess. Kind of. They could release five again. Um, Once more. Is that, <laughs> yeah, is that the animation in Virtual Fighter is just sublime. It was from the first game. The second mm. game was just unbelievable. And then Fighting Vipers was so incredibly frantic where it wasn't, it had a complete, it didn't so much have a flow as it did flurries of quick actions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was always the concern of, of, of how is that going to feel? Is it going to be too much of a clash when I look at it visually? Um, and am I actually going to be able to read the information on the screen? And obviously, you have to make compromise to make those two work because they are so different in kind of the flow mm. of those games. Um, is it perfect? I, I don't think you could say it's perfect, but I think it could have come out a lot worse than it did. Um, and looking at it now, yeah, it's definitely aged. Um, but at the time, I felt like the one thing that was important was to be able to read it visually in motion. And I think you know the, the sacrifices that were made in that regard actually worked to make it a comprehensible fighting game. Mm. Graphics then and now, Dan, how do you feel about it? Um, I think how it's one of those... Well, I think it's one of those games where possibly um, CRTs did it a lot of favours back in oh, the yeah. day. Mm-hmm. Like when I look at it, if you, if if I um, apologies if you emulate it nowadays, it's um, obviously you're using a higher def screen and it um, yeah. accentuates the jagged edges and what have you. Whereas yeah. a CRT kind of smooths those out. So I think it's very difficult to um, plant myself in how I would have seen it back then. Yeah, because it, my memory of how it looks doesn't match how it looks uh, on a modern screen. Um, at the time, I, I think I probably thought it didn't match up to say Tekken. Yeah, uh, Tekken Two would be agreed. the one at the time, but uh, it was. I, I didn't have Virtual Fighter Two on the Saturn, so I think it. Um, mm. I didn't have that to compare it to, and it just felt much like uh, a lot of Saturn graphics did at the time, where it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't ever going to be the best, but it was good enough and colourful enough and uh, Sega enough to. Yeah. To carry it. Yeah. A lot of uh, strong, bright, bold colours, character use. And, and even when they couldn't kind of really show off, there are some sort of technical flourishes on some of the stages, like the lighting changing, sunsets and shadows kind of, um, I think there's one stage with sort of artificial lighting that changes as the stage goes on and things like that. So, and yeah, it, it it's kind of, the shadows are very basic, but it just gives that sense of... Uh, something being in space. Mikhail, you came to this most recently, although I'm yeah. sure you are aware of what it looked like, um, and you will also be the one of us who's uh, who's played it on a cathode ray tube. So On a CRT, yeah, yeah. So I kind of look at it like in a similar way uh, to how you would have seen it back in the days, although, of course, now you look at it with uh, years and years on technological improvements mm-hmm. uh, where it concerns 3D graphics. Um, if I compare it to, for example, Virtua Fighter 2 on the Saturn, it misses that incredible crispness because that game runs in the Saturn's high-res mode, of course. Whereas this game just contains too much uh, content and information to, uh, and, and, you know, uses, it needs a lot more memory to to contain everything that's, that's in there to pull off such a feat. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, it 
there are of course the 2d games of the, on the saturn are um you know like from the likes of capcom uh are like watermarks of sort of artistic realization you know mm-hmm. so if you look look at those games side by side with something like fighters mega mix it looks very odd you know you have these very different looking characters in ways of proportions and some very crude looking characters as well yeah Uh, some stages with with lines in the background that sort of shimmer all over the place oh yeah you know as far as the ropes and the fences go Mm. uh so i wouldn't exactly call it a pretty game but as you've uh, said before it does have that sega arcade atmosphere in there which uh yeah, which makes me feel, um, yeah, feel more endeared yeah. towards it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that's fair to say. If you if you do have, it's probably one of those that's definitely an easier sell to. Probably definitely, I said there, an easier sell to somebody who was around at the time or or has affection for the games of the time. That yeah. said, you know, there's a lot of games now, demakes and things like that, where they're deliberately designed partly oh, yeah. to evoke nostalgia to look like games from this era. Yeah. Um, and actually the fact that it kind of, yeah, it does look rough. The textures are really low resolution and everything's kind of basic and the faces are a bit goofy and whatever. It has a charm to it. It has a, ta- mm. a, a period, a period charm at this point. It's nearly 30 yeah. years old. And there are some really strong animations. There's some really strong yeah. animation work in there and impact of moves as well. Yes. Like uh, that same thing from Fighting Vipers. Oh, the armor you, smash. Where yeah. you smash an armor off and With the camera. you knock yeah. somebody through a wall. Yeah. Uh, never gets yeah, old. Yeah, never gets yeah. old. Yeah. yeah, so they released, M2 released a an arcade perfect give or take. And put, again, I think higher resolution version of, of Fighting Vipers on Xbox Live Arcade and PSN for PS3. About 10 years ago now or more, maybe 2011 or something. I can't quite remember. Um, but... I've I've still got that one permanently installed to my current Xbox, and um yeah, you sometimes just want to stick it on just to smash some fighting vipers <laughs> through the armor because it's yeah. it still feels absolutely great. It's just deeply satisfying to do so. Um, audio wise, uh, I think I I get the impression. So this game all came on one CD, and we, they'd already talked about the difficulties uh, of cramming this many moves for this many fighters onto a onto a disc and obviously all the the stage tunes are there everyone's got a stage tune pretty much so most of the fighting vipers and most of the virtual fighter 2 musics are there plus some tracks from other games sonic fighters uh, i guess is there one from virtual cop as well probably um yeah. and and one or two others um i don't think that left them much room for vocals um because i the 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 lack of speech is quite noticeable, I think, and what is there yeah. is is really quite compressed. Yeah. Um, so even the the kind of the famous sound bites from Virtua Fighter Two, I think characters have got a reduced number, and I think they they're pretty kind of um, bit rate challenged. But yeah, and is it just me or don't they also do their uh, their win quotes? There's a lack of win quotes. Yeah, some of the, yeah. some of them have them, I think, but I think everything's reduced. Yeah. Yeah. I think they just struggled for space probably or memory or both, mm. which is a shame. Um, you know, there was an argument they could have put this game again out again on the Dreamcast on a GD-ROM and obviously resed it up, added 
added everything back in, added some more fighters. A sequel, basically. I believe it yeah. was talked about at one point, but never happened for whatever reason. I guess yeah. Sega. That would reasons. that would happen nowadays, you know, HD remaster. Oh sure, yeah. 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 Uh, anything else to be said? Obviously, loads of great Sega funky tunes from the aforementioned composers. Um, you'll all have your favourites, and maybe the ones you don't like so much. Any issues with the kind of the the juxtaposition between, say, the the Euro dance sounding Sonic fighters compared to the Rocky guitars of Fighting Vipers, or is that just all part of the Fighting Festival? Yeah, it's part of the. Yeah, kitchen sink appeal, you know, it's um just throw everything in there and see how it how it matches up. Yeah. Uh, the mega mix. There there really is an appeal to sort of that that wild nature of just throwing everything at a game, including mm. like like the the car and a battery and all this kind of stuff. That you know we look back on it now and you 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 see statistically there's there's quite a lot of characters in it, like there is, but there's not a, an astronomical amount of characters in it compared to other games. I mean, you know, we've got Street Fighter V now that's obviously up to a very substantial amount of characters. We've had the likes of Super Marvel Smash Brothers Capcom Ultimate as well, of course. Well, yeah. 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 I, I, and, and obviously, I think Smash Brothers is probably a topic that will come up as, as we continue in this podcast. Um, but at the time... My perception of Fighters Megamix was, you know, in my head, it's like a hundred fighters. It's absolutely insane. And then you think back and you go, actually, that wasn't the case. But it managed to capture that mm. sense of just being um, an incredible number of characters to be able to choose from in a game. And that, and and by being so overwhelming, it actually created an appeal around it more than a drive away from that. Um, that I really do, you know, I, I remember that very fondly and it's something that obviously I can't represent now because statistically the numbers just aren't there. No. But the fact that it was obviously um, two very different primary fighting games in there um, uh, uh, as well and bringing all that together, it was, it, it, you know, it, it did have a lot of appeal. And I remember at, ta- at the time, obviously, I was still in secondary school so you hear all the playground stories, you know. We were a couple of line, uh, a, a couple of uh, games down the line from, you know, everyone remembers. Hey, you can get Lara Croft to be naked by dancing to Wannabe. Oh yeah, um, CVG you know, April and, Fool and, again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And all these <laughs> other CVG April Fools. And I, I'm sure, and this is how I remember it. I'm, I, I remember people talking. Well, it's okay because I don't have a sat and I don't need one because I've got the PlayStation and we're going to get uh, Tekken versus Bloody Raw. Um and and it 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 was just talked about like it's going to happen and Tekken's better than Virtual Fighter and Bloody Raw's better than Fighting Vipers so you know <laughs> it's just you know we're still it just builds around these and we're still waiting who for owned that Bloody Raw was it Hudson uh, Konami isn't it no it's yeah, Hudson Hudson Hudson. Uh, Hudson. Hudson Hudson are owned by Square Enix but Aiding actually were the developers so Hudson oh. Aiding developers oh, yeah. yeah Konami okay. Konami published and Hudson developed who do we need to who do we need to lobby to get the uh, the much the belated maybe we could get <laughs> some bloody raw characters in in Tekken 8 maybe it's not too late yes. anyway Mr um, Meat could be bloody raw <laughs> that's a very good point <laughs> bloody raw what a very silly series um yeah. probably on the big list folks um yeah also known <laughs> as beast riser beast riser 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about the the actual fighting sounds, the sounds of combat? Uh, crunchy enough for, for our tastes, uh, Dan? Yeah, I think so. But again, I, I remember at the time, every, almost everything was like, well, it's not quite as good as Tekken, but mm-hmm. it will do. Um, yeah. But the sound effects are great. It's, um, like you say, it's got that sort of smack and thump and the... Yeah. Uh, all uh, we've alluded to the graphics for it, but the armor breaking, mm. it all um, matches. Do you know what I mean? It matches in it's like a not synesthesia, but you know where things just know what you mean. come together. Yeah, yeah. yeah coming back to um, Janet again, when she fires that gun, it's surprisingly impactful and brutal. Mm. <laughs> you just pull out a gun in the middle of a fight and just shoot somebody in the head. Yeah, I feel like um, Sega's fighting games always had their own sound palette compared to the the rivals from from Namco and things and um it it was cool but it was different it was a different approach it was a bit more um kind of uh rooted in the uh maybe the kung fu movies of the 70s and things like that with the kind of you know the chop socky kind of sounds whereas uh Namco seemed to go more down the hyper exaggerated sort of Indiana Jones kind of boom punching yeah i've wondered if there's a slight streets of rage lineage uh, not necessarily just Streets of Rage, but you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It seems more like a um, beat up kind of sounds than, mm. uh, than yeah. what I'd think of as fighting game sounds. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's quite interesting that you mentioned that because um, thinking back or to, to obviously something like Tekken, um, without having gone back and watched it or played Tekken prior to this, um, as I have with, obviously, uh, Fighters Megamix videos, I can only recall two sounds from the original Tekken. One is Jack's Punch and the other is Nina's Armbrake. So, <laughs> and they are both hyper-exaggerated sound effects. So it definitely fits into what you're saying, Leon. And when I think about things like Virtual Fighter, it's more about it being sort of, the, the, the I suppose, the silent arts, right? It's, a, mm. it's, about, it's about not being hit and countering one time. So it's not like that boom, boom, boom. Yeah. It's, it's kind of yeah. that... that avoidance and one hit return bit more martial arty somehow yeah exactly uh so yeah they also brought in some tunes from other sega ips in in a way that would become more familiar in the games industry in general the background music playing and the name entry menu is uh kawaguchi's last wave from outrun of course which we've covered in the past also uh i i have no real memory of this from april 2000 GameSpot ran a news piece. Sega announced, this is, bear in mind, this is April 2000, so we're already well into the Dreamcast era, years after Fighters Megamix was a thing. Sega announced today that a dance club mix featuring music and sounds from the Saturn game Fighters Megamix will be released. Fighters, the Sega project, will debut Friday, July 25th on LA radio station KLYY. The song will be available on Sega's website in August and then be included on a new CD from German DJ Commander Tom in September. DJ Tracks magazine will distribute the single to DJs throughout LA in an effort to promote the song among the city's clubs and radio stations in both LA and New York. We'll be giving away the single to listeners after Friday's debut. We feel the mix accurately conveys all the action found in the game while staying true to the dance club scene, said San Francisco DJ DJ Mars. What were they doing? What was happening here? Why? The, the way that article is written sounds like something that would be said on the radio in Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. About something. Yeah. It's so... 
abstracted from yeah. a sense of reality yeah. that it doesn't even seem like it could be real. Have any of you gone and listened to the song? Or I tried, yeah, I've got, I tried I've got to it on Spotify. No, I've <laughs> got a limited ed- edition white label 12 inch vinyl. <laughs> no, um, I couldn't find it. Did you manage to find it? Uh, yeah, it's um, oh. just a very averagey, housey uh, techno track, and I couldn't really spot any uh, <laughs> nods to. Um, I don't, maybe they're just sort of hidden in the background somewhere, but it didn't really. I couldn't <laughs> see where the connection comes with a fighter's mega mix. That's that, strange. That reminds me of when um, when Pixies released their Planet of Sound EP, and the game scene got excited because there was a track on it called Theme from Narc. And people thought it was uh, an interpretation <laughs> of the theme from the, the Williams arcade game, Narc. And it's basically just Frank Black going theme from Narc over heavy guitars over and over again. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it has any chord uh, progression relationship to the theme from Narc. Um, if any Pixies fans are listening, let me know. Or if any Narc fans are listening, let me know. Right, let's get into the gameplay. This is probably uh, at this stage the most important aspect in a way of the Fighters Mega Mix experience. According to Sega Retro, Fighters Mega Mix is a hybrid fighting game combining the fighting styles of Virtual Fighter 2 and Fighting Vipers, although leans more towards the latter. All, mo- all moves from the two games are retained, plus a new dodge action, allowing players to sidestep and avoid an attack, while also opening up an opportunity to counter. Furthermore, roughly 50% of techniques from the recently released Virtua Fighter 3 are included for the Virtua Fighter cast and new Megamix-specific techniques for the Fighting Vipers characters. Players can choose between a VF mode and an FV mode, which tailors the experience to the style of either game. Characters have also been balanced, meaning strategies from VF 2, 3 or Fighting Vipers may not necessarily work in Megamix. Some moves are hidden and not listed in the game. They often involve using the walls of an arena to cause damage. I'm not really sure where to start. There's a lot to say about the, the gameplay of the Virtua Fighter series, the Fighting Viper series, and the game we're actually talking about. Um, and I don't suppose really any one of us here is a true Tatsujin at these games, if, if we're all honest. I could be wrong. Maybe some of you have won tournaments, but um, for me, I've always been a scrub at these games. I've tried to get better. It's taken me a long time to even really kind of feel that I could even stay alive in a fight against anyone half decent for a while. But I have played, <clears throat> I've been playing the, the most recent version of VF5 recently, and I've got better than I was 25 years ago, I would say. Um because it is, there is a lot to learn. I guess the, the the words that come up, as I say, when people talk about these games, even back in the day, were deep and technical. But perhaps, yeah. perhaps you could, Mikhail, start us off by sort of describing what the what the whole skinny is with with the the Sega fighters. What makes them feel different? How they work? I, I, I realise I'm throwing you in in into the bear pit. No, here, no, but... no. Um, coincidentally, I've been giving this some thought. Good. Um, and it's a question that I have been asking a lot of uh, hardcore, diehard Sega fans as well mm. that swear by Virtua Fighter. Yeah. And they'd say, oh, yeah, it's so much more deep and technical than Tekken. Yes. And, what do they mean? But but what do they mean? I, I've been asking those people. So yes. in what way is it deeper and technical? Yeah. And 
I've never really gotten quite a concise answer to that. <laughs> it's go. almost like it's more of an adage to to say rather and and not really knowing the reason mm. behind it why it's deeper and more technical mm. than other 3D fighters. Interesting. Um but uh I remember listening to a podcast of um I think it's Ultra Chen on uh, on YouTube. Uh, so David Chen and Ultra David where they had a uh, old school Virtua Fighter player on there called LA Akira mm-hmm. because he was the the Akira player right. in LA. Yeah. Uh and he described uh Virtua Fighter as a turn-based game. Right. Where you do your sequence of moves that l- link into each other, uh your opponent blocks, mm. uh and then it's their turn mm-hmm. for their to to unleash their sequence of moves to uh to you. But where if you start getting better at the game, uh, you start learning how to interrupt those sequences of moves and steal a turn, basically. Oh, now it's actually my turn all of a sudden, you know? Key, key point uh, is there's no easy counter button like there is in Tecmo's Dead or Alive. Exactly. So uh, war, where Virtue Fighter gets very technical and very deep to learn, from my understanding, is that Every move has certain properties and can interact with other moves of other characters uh, in a variety of ways and induce several states to the opponent. And this only got deeper in the next parts, like especially four and five, uh, with all these various stagger states and and what have you. Uh, So it's because the move list per character is is so deep, uh, the branching paths in combo sequences and you know like what what every single opponent who is very or every single character who's very different from from uh, all the other characters uh can do basically creates a gigantic possibility space yeah and and an extraordinary test of memory as well as execution yeah and and knowledge knowledge of uh of move properties and all that and you find that in a lot of fighting games yeah but uh, yeah, Virtue Fighter supposedly, from my understanding, is up there mm. uh, when it comes to that sort of depth. I think, um, I think that's where where the crux is. That's that's really cool, and I think I, I don't know about um, I don't know about Dan and Carl, but one of the things I always found in learning this, and still do to an extent, I'm still feel like I'm a scrub and learning all these years later. One of the things that I kind of had an issue with with the virtual games, I could, I, I knew it was all there because I believed what I was being told, mm. and even there was even uh, there was a famous uh, Games Master TV show challenge where they had a, a, J- a Japanese expert fighter in, and he t- he played. They did a kumite, and he beat a hundred folks in a row playing as uh, Kage, and um, it was you could see that there was you know like there was no way you could. Um, button bash your way to victory over this guy so that to me kind of said that yeah there is there is a lot of skill and depth in here but I had the issue was that I found it a lot harder to read on screen than Tekken in terms of what the inputs I was doing were actually coming out as because although the animation in the Sega fighting games was was great a lot of the a lot of the moves and shifts of weight and things are incredibly subtle, I find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, Tekken has its big hit sparks and those kinds of effects, yeah, which yeah. Uh, staunchly the Virtua Fighter series has always avoided. So yeah. it's very much about that uh, 
But some fans of the game have told me the, the realism of the fighting in there that they really appreciate. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure how it, realistic it actually is. Massive not, floaty not, jumps, not, juggle not combos. Not that realistic, no. Yeah. But they, yeah. they, they like to bang on about yeah. how realistic it is. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and I say this as someone with a lot of appreciation that has grown over time for this series. So sure. I'm not trying to talk down on it or anything. But it's not bad, that amount of death for a game that basically basically has a punch button, a kick button, and a guard button. Yeah. As opposed to Tekken's four attack buttons. Indeed. They added a dodge for this one because it yep. was in Virtual Fighter 3. Um, I probably forget forgot to use it most of the time. <laughs> Stuck to the three that yeah. I was used to. Um, yeah, Carl, yeah. where do you sit on the on the gameplay of the of these? Um, like, uh, yeah, based on what Mikhail's just said and what the kind of the yeah the pervading kind of lexicon around the game is the the depth, the technicality, and what was your actual experience of trying to learn how to play this? Especially as many of us did, kind of had to play it solo a lot of the time. Yeah. So I think it's fair to say that the 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 of the two elements the virtual fighter element was made more accommodated to the fighting vipers than yeah. the other way around. Yeah. Um and that makes complete sense because merging a, a fast-paced momentum-based combat system into something like virtual fighter which is I think Mikhail's description that he heard there on the Ultra Chen podcast of it almost being turn-based. Mm. It's you know I've I've described it like you know you watch top virtual fighter play and it is like a ballet. It is beautiful yeah, to yeah, watch. Yeah. Um, you couldn't bring fighting vipers into that. You have to, that that game fits solely within itself. So countering out and making it fit into the fighting vipers style made sense in that game but then it no longer felt truly like a virtual fighter game even with the addition of the dodge button from virtual fighter 3 um i can't say that i got particularly good at fighting vipers or as a result fighters megamix which leaned into that and i've definitely gotten better at something like virtual fighter though if I play anyone half decent, I'm still not going to stand a chance because, you know, Leon, you said that it is harder to read on screen compared to something like Tekken, very much intentional. Um, and it feels like mastery over frame data and timing yeah. windows mm -hmm. in Virtual Fighter is, I mean, it's important in all competitive fighting games, right? But it always feels hard to get the learning of that in Virtual Fighter. So actually witnessing that is is actually quite a special thing to be able to see. Yeah. Um but it does make fighting viper uh, it does make fighters megamix sorry more of a straight up arcade style fighting game than a than a technical fighting game. Mm. And I think that that was for the benefit of the game. I think it's actually better as a result of that or it should have just been a virtual fighter game. Mm. Um, and obviously adding things like being able to um, counter back out of air hits and air back onto your yeah. feet and, and have those air recoveries, that just that's just not a virtual fighter system, no, no, right? No. Like that is so alien. And you actually watch it back now and it seems in such a contrast to what you expect. And you know, we had a bit of um correspondence earlier on that talked about almost floaty in the air. Mm -hmm. That that kind of goes now because it snaps out of that and into mm. the air recovery and back into the fighting and it it becomes, and I'm not saying it because I f I feel like any fighting game button bashing 
against a good player at any fighting game will never win out. But it encourages more that button bashing style and mm. feeling like you can be successful in fighters mega mix. Yeah. Um. And I did play it in co-op. Uh. With a with a friend of mine that lived on the same street. I used to take my sat to his house and we'd keep fighters mega mix on. We just play that quite a lot. Um. But I think it's fair to say he's also not someone that really dives super deep into fighting games. Mm. Um, not certainly not as much as me, and you know, you look at the FGC. I'm nowhere near a lot of other people in that regard. Mm. Um, I've become quite passionate about one, um, but never to the d- degree where I may learn outside of one yeah. fighter. Um, but it meant that it made it quite an enjoyable time when I was playing co-op with people in Fighters Mega Mix because it it. it I assume it you mean versus was... co-op, as in you were. Fighting each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah sorry, yeah. <laughs> too many words. Um, so it meant that when I when I was obviously fighting my friends and stuff, they never felt so alienated from it. Yeah. Whereas if it was Virtual Fighter Two, we were playing, they were done after one game because they would have needed to sit down and practice and and drill that game just to be able to compete with me. And I wasn't very good at those. It's just I had that bit of knowledge. Um, and that that window was definitely reduced as fighters mega mix. And as I say, I think that was actually to the benefit yeah. of the game. I think you're bang on with uh, uh, that. Uh, it feels more like fighting vipers than virtual fighter the game. Yeah, and uh, even in VF mode. And I always got the impression that fighting vipers is just more fast, frantic, and more streamlined. Yeah, uh, I think than, it was designed uh, to be more approachable. Fighters more approachable for sure. Uh, so that that shows also in that this game is much more approachable than Virtua Fighter. Plus, you have all these oddball characters in there, like Bean can throw bombs around, for example. You know, so you can find a random character. Janet's gun. Yeah, Janet's gun. You can find a random character that has some some fun, cheap tactics, uh, or some some wacky stuff to do. And hey, now you're having a good time all of a sudden. You know. And Dan, like many of us, uh, even as a, a Sega fan that we know you as, um, because of the kind of the way things were at this point, you came off of Tekken onto Fighters Mega Mix and the other and the Sega fighting games. And yeah, it, I suppose it has me wondering, like if if the Saturn had had the hyper flashy, accessible fighting game, and and PlayStation had had the rather externally dry looking and technically complicated one maybe the console generations would have been different from there on out who knows these, these were a big know. deal yeah um i've never i think it's a combination of mainly playing this single player and um the uh the accessibility really mm. that I've, I've never really delved hugely deeply into this do you know what i mean i think there's so much more to it that i've oh, never yeah. really engaged with same yeah um, but yeah, it's interesting to to wonder how things could have been. And I yeah. wondered with the um, with the graphics being closer to Fighting Vipers and the feel being closer to was this based on the Fighting Vipers engine? Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think um, it's one of those games that I'd love to have known or learned more about. But yeah, uh, I think I've said on another podcast, probably about Street Fighter Two, that mm. um. Among my friend circle, we didn't really have a main as such. We, yeah. It was kind of seen as 
not cheating, but uh, <laughs> yeah, not gentlemanly. Yeah. It's too hardcore, yeah, to to have a main. It's like you're sticking to the thing you're good at. It's like somehow that's not cool. Yeah, totally. I had the same thing. Yeah, and that especially comes with uh, when you're playing people who uh, are reluctant to play uh, fighting games because, as you say, Leon, when yeah, when it's someone coming round to your house and you've been practicing it. it I can see how it's not a whole lot of fun to just sort of be beaten well, uh, that's 20 it. times. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely were sessions of fighting games, maybe not specifically this one because I think I think I didn't really even try to get people onto fight fighters mega mix friends and and my girlfriend at the time who would play me at fighting games. We you know, played a lot of uh some Street Fighter games, various games in that series and and X-Men versus Street Fighter and and a fair amount of multiplayer tech and even though yes, I would tend to win. But I feel like with those games, people, even if they were getting beaten, they felt like they were having a good enough time anyway. Whereas this one, with the combination of myself not feeling like I had a, a deep understanding, combined with friends um, kind of, you know, coming to it even as even, you know, pure novices, it just wasn't conducive. However, I, j I still have this yearning, like, and I still have all these memories of, like, picking up whether it was CMVG or Maximum Magazine with all these move charts and kind of tips and strategic ideas and concepts of how to play this game well. And it was just, and it was all, all this unfulfilled promise of this fighting game scene that, yeah, and I realised much, much later, I mean, it was, it's, it's like 13 or 14 years now since on a previous podcast, I interviewed the director of a fighting game community based documentary film. And I kind of realized that I'd kind of this, that whole thing had passed me by. And now I'm at the point where, yeah, I do watch some competitive fighting and some videos related to it. But I feel, you know, at, at the age of nearly 51, I feel like I kind of missed out in a way um, on, a, on a whole thing that I, I probably, you know, I was probably never going to be talented enough to be a, an active part of but just in and around and understand all the you know the the meta and and the the language and all that kind of thing and this it's, is it's this not too late leon <laughs> no true just, true just think of it just think of it 51 year old man comes in and takes names and kicks you remember when i you remember when i took my blanker online that time what a story and oh, yeah, um, yeah yeah and people were a little bit taken aback by uh, yeah. i was i was a bit taken aback by how much success i was getting but then yeah. and and it, and it was it, we, this was was it five we were playing yeah um yeah. a few years ago um street fighter five we we did manage to arrange some <clears throat> weekly online sessions and yeah. um had, had a great time and yeah, Mikhail and I, we, I mean, I, th I think some of the footage is still out, still out there. We had some epic uh, yeah. Zangief versus uh, Blanca battles. So I'm not saying I've never yeah. had those times. Um, and always, you know, there could always be more. Um, I was 46 years old when I joined my first uh, in the flesh fighting game tournament. Oh, uh, yeah. Very good point. Yeah, yeah. last year. It's, no, absolutely. And, and and I didn't do as bad as I thought I was going yeah, to Yeah, yeah. No, that's, like, that's fair enough. Into, I made it into the third round and lost in the losers bracket. Very there. cool. Which game? Yeah, uh, yeah that was uh, Street Fighter Five. Right. Yeah. And yeah, and and I took Virtua Fighter Five, the most recent one, which I've forgotten. The is it Final Showdown? No, that was the previous uh, one. Final Evolution. Final Evolution. Ultimate uh, Showdown. It's called. Ultimate Showdown. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Some combination of words. Um, Brings back to the original point of how many times they've released that yeah. game. Though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, I have that. On it was a PS Plus game, excellently, and I have it installed on my PS Five, and and I do play it from time to time. 
And yes, I've, I've been online and, you know, had a few fights, I think. I, I, or maybe it was one of those ones where I went online, had one fight, one and decided to retire. <laughs> but the opportunities are still there. It's true. I, I don't mean to sort of be all wistful yeah. and kind of uh, regretful it's... about the past. All I'm saying is that there was, and it's not just Fighters Mega Mix, but that idea of this big, complicated, exciting scene that I couldn't quite, it wasn't easy to be a part of, put it that way. Yeah. Well, the thing about the scene that, that I find really, really interesting is it always felt like it was very clear that there was a very strong competitive scene for these games at that time. Yeah. But it was in Japan. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. you'd be more aware of something happening mm. in Japan than you would in your city or yeah. the UK as a whole, which is actually wild because that's what even yeah. our own domestic magazines were portraying it yeah, as. Yeah, that's and I, it. I, 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 you know... It it felt like fighting like fighting games didn't happen out competitively outside of Japan until what the the three sixty era and obviously that's complete and utter nonsense. I, I knew there was a street did. fighter scene in America because um, I remember picking up guides San to, Francisco. Um, yeah, to the to the street yeah. fighter games. I knew there was there was a there was an arcade scene and obviously the arcade competitive scene went back to. Space Invaders, and Batman, and and all those, you know, the golden era kind of thing. So yeah, we talked to Reinhardt like on two occasions. About yeah, this yeah, as well. Yeah. But uh... but I know what you mean, Carl. It did feel like that. It felt like, especially when it came to Sega's fighters, like you had to be in yeah. in and around Japan. And again, listeners, especially younger listeners, bear in mind the internet was a- around at this point, but not everyone. I didn't have the internet at home in the mid nineties. Not until the late nineties, there was no streaming. Yeah. There was no YouTube. There was so we were getting like occasional sporadic updates via paper that we would go to a shop to buy <laughs> and yeah. um and that would, you know, get our juices flowing. But then like what do you do? Even in Brighton, there were loads of arcades. And uh, yes, there were kids at this point. I've talked before about the local uh Eastern Asian community playing King of Fighters and and sometimes the Street Fighter Zero series in, in local arcades. But even that was kind of I couldn't I, I never felt comfortable to just rock up and just start joining in um, because I thought, yeah. I, you know, I, I couldn't necessarily speak the language. I, I was going to get my ass kicked. Maybe I, I probably should have done, you know, maybe that's one yeah. of life's regrets. But yeah. it was the odd arcade pro, wasn't there, yeah. that, you, that you'd see? I remember one for uh, Killer Instinct at Teesside Park. I remember one for Mortal Kombat 2 mm. in Red Car Arcades, for example. Like, they were in that area, in the region of the northeast. They would just go and stomp our kids on a weekend. Yeah, that, that's what they used to do. But I never, I, like, I remember seeing a lot of Virtua Fighter Two arcade machines, particularly not so much Fighting Vipers. I'm not sure I ever saw one of those. I, I think there was a Last Bronx machine. Um, yeah. There's, there's Virtua no... Fighter Three. I've seen there was uh, such a visual knockout as well. But I never saw people huddled around the Virtua Fighter Two, which was the one. Never. Um, you would occasionally see somebody playing it. You would, but I, I remember seeing Shun D staggering about in the attract mode many, 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 many times, and thinking, "Wow, look at the high resolution yeah. visuals and the what looked like." I don't think it was mo capped, but it looked, you know, the animation was so good it looked like performance capture. Mm. And um, but I never saw anyone really playing it, not to any level anyway. So nah. there was no scene around the Sega fighting games. For me to get into i could have it's done with king of fighters but not with this definitely known more to uh, yeah have its most active competitive scene within japan virtual fighter yeah, yeah. in the Leon. 360 area i was playing um final showdown uh virtual fighter 5 a couple of times online mm. 
and it was this uh, Japanese person. Yeah. Uh, was a girl's name, but you never know, of course, uh, mm-hmm. who you know what their gender was. But um, yeah, they beat my ass with uh, Aoi. <laughs> like I was playing Lao because he's a fairly, as far as virtual fighting goes, yep. fairly <laughs> fairly accessible PPPK character to learn and all that. There, yeah. there you go. And uh, <laughs> basically was countering, of course, uh, everything that I did with Aoi. Yeah. And I sent a quick message saying like, wow, I couldn't do anything. And the message I got back was saying, I play a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically like a, a, a passive aggressive get good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Daniel, Leon, I think you might be the only one to remember this out of the four mm. of us. Um well, other than myself, because otherwise I'd be mentioning it. But um, in London in the 90s, around Chinatown, there used to be right. um, quite a lot of arcades that had uh, a fighting game kind of mm. presence. Uh, yeah. Like a, a, it, what you'd think of as sort of a pro type thing. I think yeah. they all turned into uh, fruit machine lobbies now, basically. But Yeah. Yeah, that I would have been amazing. I, d- I only used to go out and still only do go to London sporadically. Um, and yeah, like it didn't feel necessary to when I lived in, I was so lucky to live in Brighton with in terms of the number of video game arcades there were, but actually it wasn't, I think the the nature of London being, having such a, you know, diverse community and things like that probably lent itself more to people kind of, just yeah just there being more people around who were more seriously into gaming whereas brighton as i say there were a few but they were still more like the seaside amusements in a lot of ways yeah like people played the games they were definitely popular for a long time but it wasn't like for most people it wasn't a serious pastime it was a it was a diversion yeah these london arcades were certainly very different to the ones that i'd known from south end growing up it was um, right yeah Yeah. much more intimate like if you wanted to play a fighting game you are going to have to yeah Queue and wait, and Quarter then uh, yeah, 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 get your butt kicked. Basically, I think Sega World used to hold um, tournaments for like for, for their own games. I think, and I I imagined for others as well. But I think I remember seeing that in magazines at the time that the Sega World arcade in the Trocadero, yeah, that um, sounds used to hold familiar. tournaments here and there. I think it it probably was um, a helpful for selling the games uh, at home as well by getting yeah. it in the magazines. Absolutely. But also just a, a nod to that early fighting game scene, I guess. Mm. In terms of single player content for us, lonely, sad, lonely player at home soloists, uh, Fighters Mega Mix included a training mode, which, by the way, wasn't necessarily a given at this point in fighting games. They didn't all let you play alone, but this one actually had a, a mode which showed you inputs and commands and responded to them and things like that almost like a a proto trials mode to a, to an extent had a survival mode as standard two player versus of course and team battle the one player mode was um yeah for, for most i guess for a lot of us the the kind of the the primary attraction um at least for a while because you wanted to go through it all and unlock everyone uh so there was a nice uh, gentle beginner's trial the novice trial then some virtual fighters then some fighting vipers then some female characters, then some muscle characters, then the smart guys, tactical fighters, the dirty fighters, <laughs> the sneaky ones, the bosses, hidden characters, uh, the ones, the last from uh, individuals' games, and the secret characters. So from the Virtual Fighter 2 and Fighting Vipers rosters, um, any go-tos, uh, Carl, any mains, if such a thing was not frowned upon? 
yeah, so I used to go for Barn, Sandman, or I used to go for, obviously, Sarah, or Sarah Kids variant. Okay. Um, because why not? Um, and, yeah, you know, I, I, I always used to like uh, Pie, Pie-chan. Yep. So I used to try and balance it out. If I had two from one, I had two from the other. So if I was going from Fighting Vipers, it was always Barn or Sandman. I mm. did quite like Tokyo. There's something just cool about skates, right? Um, but yeah, it was Pi um, or Sarah. I totally forgot Tokyo uh, fight, fought on inline skates. <laughs> how, how, <laughs> how, how cool was that? The Fighting Vipers was definitely one of those America as seen through the lens of, uh, of, of, of a Japanese development team from the mid-90s. Uh, what about yourself, Mikhail? Any faves and any particular reasons or just the just the feel and the, the look and feel? Uh, yeah, I mean, Janet is a, is a favorite. Because you know? you, you're gun crazy? Yeah, I don't know. It, it's, <laughs> just, it's just very entertaining to me that you can just pull out a gun and shoot people, you know? <laughs> like uh, like and, the cop in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but and, and it's like a sort of a hit scan effect as well, right? You don't see a projectile fly. Yeah, it's like... Yeah. Bam! You see the muzzle flash, and yeah. then the opponent gets Just hit. More authentic, um, than yeah. <laughs> Slow-moving projectile drifting across yeah. the stage. And other than that, her her regular move set is also pretty pretty cool. She has always moves from uh, VF three. Um, yeah. Am I right and... in thinking that Aoi had um, a slightly different parry system to other characters? Yeah, she has this. Um, um, Aikido sort of like a counter throw mm. kind of uh, thing going on, you know, and um, yeah, so that's very fitting as well for uh, for a cop character, of course, because all American cops are trained by Steve Visigal in person, yeah, with his Aikido skills, <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah then if, then I also uh, was really into using Bean the Dynamite uh, <laughs> because. I really love the old school uh, Sega arcade game Dynamite Ducks, you know, that he's a yeah. reference to. Yeah. Like those little cartoon ducks with the wind-up fists and throwing bombs with faces on around. We uh, could do a whole show about the uh, flicky Dynamite Ducks Sonic connection at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was really fond of that. Uh, the arcade game I came across much later, but I played it on a friend's Commodore Amiga, the port of that, uh, for that. So I immediately gravitated towards that character as well. Got no, uh, we haven't, have we got any wrestlers here, Dan? You, you're a fan of Jeffrey or anyone like that? Um, not especially. It was just uh, they always felt a bit too sort of slow and l- lunky. Is that even a yeah. word? I don't know. But um, <laughs> like lunks, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think for me, it was just picking any character that didn't have tiny arms. There are just so many characters in this <laughs> that have got such short limbs that. Um, <laughs> I no always reach. felt like it was just a, yeah. ma- a massive disadvantage. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's any considered of one normal... in boxing, as I understand it, and probably <laughs> MMA. But mm. any of them with normal proportions, or I just liked uh, <laughs> being silly and just picking uh, the the silly characters like Kuma Chan, like being inflatable and panda. And... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jane is a, is a good one as well, by the way, from uh, Fighting Vipers, based like on um, as well. Vasquez from Aliens, isn't that's isn't... it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She hits like a truck as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's some pretty quirky characters. Um, Raxel, who's kind <laughs> yeah. of uh, mad head rocker with a flying feet, flying yeah. V guitar. 
Um, Hair metal dude. Yeah. Glam rocker. Yeah. He seems the, like he's escaped from like a beat em up somewhere along the line. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 There's 800 of him in different palette swaps somewhere <laughs> in the world. Um, yeah, yeah. I used to, I, I, I wanted to play Akira because he's the kind of poster boy. And I understood that if you learned how to play him, he was like top tier, right? But it, he was not as accessible as I wanted him to be ever. And I still find mm. that to this day because his, yeah, I think you were talking about sort of momentum based and, and we're talking about, you know, fighters being off balance and all this stuff. And th- that's the kind of stuff I think you need to lean into with Akira maybe. Yeah. Um, tough, tough to learn for a poster boy of a series. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I would tend to, to drift towards uh, the chans. Um, yeah. But also when I learned that, uh, Leon Rafal's name was not pronounced Lion. It is canonically Leon. I thought, well, yeah. I should learn Leon. And because he's such a jerk, it just seemed really enjoyable to, <laughs> to play as yeah. Leon. So, so I do still, uh, if I do play, uh, I do tend to gravitate towards my namesake. Yeah, um, very he, annoying kid. He's a really annoying person. Yeah. Like, yeah. Leon's and floppy hair in games. Huh? Yeah, exactly. I yeah. know. Yeah. Um, and yes, for for the uninitiated, if you've never seen it, as I say, uh, do check out someone playing as Kuma Chan or Panda Chan, um, because <laughs> they have no animation uh, yeah. as such. Uh, they it's basically are, like like slapping a figurine around. It is. They're like big inflatables. Um, yeah. Very very odd. Would you have lost Kuma Chan and Panda Chan for um, the win quotes? I imagine surely you could have <laughs> squeezed yeah. one in over the other. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, mm. but I suppose by this point we had Kuma and uh, and Panda in Tekken, or at least one of them. So um, yeah. yeah, they had to. They just had to put a bear in there. <laughs> I have to shout out Ban as well from Fighting Vipers, who's the poster boy of that series. Yes, just because he's uh, a total uh, ripoff of Jotaro Kujo from the JoJo's Jojo. Bizarre Adventure. Yeah, right. Yeah. I didn't yeah. spot that at the time because my first ex- uh, ex- exposure to JoJo, which is quite big now. Um, yeah. Weirdly, uh, I, I was you know in a comic shop yesterday and JoJo stuff all all over the place. The first time I heard of yeah. it was the Capcom 2D Fighter, which was late yeah. Yeah. late nineties, early two thousands. But it was already yeah. big in Japan, right? And now yeah, there are sure. all kinds of JoJo games, and mm. so that reference is is no longer lost. Yes, he has the peaked cap and the big collar and all, yeah. that, all that stuff going. Chains on. and a sort of like yeah. a rough roughed up uh, school uniform right. thing going on. Yeah. Yes. To quickly go back to um, Dynamite Ducks, oh, um, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's just worth mentioning that you can be bin the um, the blue duck. What? Ah. Well, palette swap. Yeah. 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 And, and a name a different colour, yeah. I guess. Um, oh. Yeah. So like, a, like a, an outfit change type thing. More oh, than that's almost else, like but, a um, secret extra character. Yeah. <laughs> because um, in, the, in Dynamite Ducks, the arcade game, there was no green duck, actually. There, were, no. there was a blue and a red one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk some more about the secret characters because I think they're they're worthy of their own discussion. Uh, after we hear from Ashman86 from the forum who says, I was a Sega diehard growing up, which meant, of course, that while my friends were falling in love with Tekken, I was all about Virtua Fighter as my preferred 3D fighter. I was never very good at that game, but I loved it nonetheless, so much that I wrote off Fighting Vipers as a knockoff one day when seeing it in a rental shop and never even gave the game a shot. And then... Fighters Megamix came out, and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. A crossover between Virtua Fighter and Fighting Vipers? What a foreign concept to my adolescent brain. 
Of course, I had to give it a go. As it turned out, Megamix was a blast to play, clunkier than Virtua Fighter, but it made up for that in variety. I even found myself being drawn more and more to Viper's characters, who had armour that could be broken and seemed superior to me as a result. Over the course of a week's rental, I committed myself to unlocking all of the characters in the game, which is ultimately the biggest draw fighters Megamix can offer, I think. Fighting as the car from Daytona, unforgettable, and I remember thinking that Janet from Virtua Cop was overpowered, since she had a gun. It was also Megamix that first introduced me to the existence of Sonic the Fighters with that um, iconic fighter, Bean the Dynamite. <laughs> yeah, Sonic the Fighters was also released in that uh, little run of Sega AM2 coin-ops converted to XBLA and, uh, and PSN. Um, an odd one. Uh, it was yeah, it was released later on that uh, Sonic Gems collection as well, wasn't it? Um, most people seem to loathe Sonic the Fighters, but um, I think Sega seems to quite like it because they keep chucking it out on things. I don't know. Um, yeah, so Bark the Polar Bear and uh, and Bean the Dynamite feature here. Um, I don't remember much about the way Bark played. I remember him being quite cute. Deku. Uh, would someone like to explain... Deku, the original, the only original Fighters Megamix character. Yeah, what the hell is this? It's, it looks like a, <laughs> like a jumping bean, you know, with a Mexican sombrero on. Yeah. He always might... reminded me of um, PK from uh, Mexico 86, even though they don't look quite alike. Oh, yeah. It's um, always sort of rang a bell for me. I always get and it his... muddled up with the, with uh, Amingo, uh, no, hang on. Which yeah, one's Amingo? Amingo. Amingo, yeah. MVC, yeah. yeah. Who I'm very fond of, actually. Yeah. Uh, and Deku also has an alternative uh, skin mm. where he looks yellow, more like a banana, and mm. he looks very mean and angry. That's that's right. <laughs> His whole facial expression is very different. Has Deku ever appeared in any other game since Fighters Megamix? Shamefully, no. I don't think so. Not Project Cross Zone, not a Smash Brothers, not a no. Mario and Sonic at the Olympics. I wonder if he might be in that uh, Sega Gaga. Somewhere. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah. That's probably the only realistic. If it would be anywhere, that would be the place for him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, Janet from Virtua Cop Two, who was uh, the um, trying to think, what was Janet's actual role in? Was she the driver in Virtua Cop Two? She she wasn't a playable character, right? Or was she? I think she was think the so. second character because it was yeah. it, it become player two. player. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I play. I mean, I played Virtua Cop a, a one and two an absolute ton, but I couldn't remember. Uh, so she has a fondness for countering. Her moves are those of Aoi Umenakoji from Virtua Fighter Three, and can be unlocked by defeating the girls section. Her arena, Virtua City, is based on the first stage from the original Virtua Cop, which Janet wasn't in. Um, so yeah, Virtua Fighter Three previews subsection. Virtua Fighter Two characters have many, but not all, of their new moves from VF Three. Dodge button introduced in VF Three is implemented into the game and granted to all characters, with the exception of Bean and Bark. All characters can pre perform side throws as well. Janet uses the move list of Aoi, as we just said. Seba's arena is based on Wolf's Desert from VF Three, but the music used is actually from Virtua Fighter 3's attract mode named Rowdy. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Jeffrey's Virtua Fighter 3 theme, Coral Groove, is used for the training mode and Deku's stage. <laughs> 
Some of the Virtua, Virtua 2 characters are, have a Virtua Fighter 3 win pose for one of their win poses. And Fighters Mega Mix uses the VF3 announcer. Virtual Fighter characters use the Virtual Fighter 3 winner theme when they win. This was, you know, especially as we said, we were, uh, although the, the arcade game was out there, um, we were, yeah, at least two years away from a home conversion and a whole new console. Um, that was pretty kind of cool and exciting that Sega crammed in a load of main, you know, major features from their next big arcade game into this kind of little... Yeah treat for the for the home console market that they knew was already kind of feeling a little bit beleaguered by the lack of success of the Saturn. Yeah. The thing that's really interesting is and I and I'd love to have been a, a fly on the wall is did they think that this was a big enough factor that would drive people back to the Saturn given the I suppose relatively niche market that fighting games have or At the- at the time, though, fighting games were super big mm. in the 90s. Um, yeah, I suppose that, that that's fairly true. But even on their own console where they dominated the 2D fighting landscape, right, it was yeah. still the PlayStation copies even then outsold the Saturn ones. Of course. So I wonder, it would it would have still had to be a driver back to... To, to the Saturn, so it, it you know because this is this is this isn't a, a small thing because they're already looking at bringing two games together, but then they're adding a, a, essentially a big element of a third game with the dodge. Uh, it, it, it's just quite interesting. I wonder how much yeah. extra work it was actually seen as adding, given that it. I mean, it's not simply like copying and pasting assets from two games and there you go, right? Obviously. We already talked about, you know, um, being able to cancel out of air moves for air recoveries as a, a, a factor that was added. So it was basically built as a new game with existing physical assets. But this is still like a, a surprising thing that I don't, I don't think anyone would have been shocked if it wasn't there. It's it's one of those things. It's like, ha, huh, that's actually really cool that it is there. Um, I just wonder what the purpose was and the cost if it was. You know, essentially, a relatively low cost to add it. What was the purpose? What were they hoping to get out of it? It's very. Uh, I think it's very hard to get any kind of clear answer on it because Sega, yeah. at this point, was uh, just in a very weird spot because, you know, they kind of lost that generation of consoles in our Western eyes, but in Japan, the Saturn was their most uh, successful console up until that point. You know, they never did any better than with the Saturn over there. And of course, then you have Sega and the West just saying, no, we're not publishing that. No, we're not publishing that over here. Just kind of like abandoning the system already quite prematurely almost already. Um, Yeah. And and I think the whole company at this point, uh, if you look at it globally, is kind of schizophrenic almost, you know? Mm. Um, so, yeah, it, it's tough. I like to think that it's just the development team just having a lot of fun with this and, and taking seeing it as a source of pride making this game and putting as much into it as they possibly can. Mm. Yeah, I think so. It's like a prestige piece. Yeah. Also, it, 
could possibly be either that they knew that there wasn't going to be a Virtual Fighter 3 on the Saturn by that point. Yeah, I think so. Or, yeah. that, or that they possibly thought there yeah. could be and this work wouldn't be wasted. It would be oh, yeah. kind mm. of used on the way towards something else down the line. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the irony being, of course, they actually, Sega, got a third party to produce the home port of Virtual Fighter when they did. Genki, yeah. wasn't it? That's true. Yeah. Uh, so kids Sarah and Akira are in there. Um, for those, again, who don't know, Akira and Sarah from Virtual Fighter Kids, which was a mid-price released game, which was essentially Virtual Fighter, but with kid characters, little cutesy. Big, big heads uh, mode. Big heads mode, yeah. Um, so again, <laughs> I just want to say, like, for people who have a go at um, publishers these days for nickeling and diming, Charging 30 quid for effectively what is a comedy mode for an existing fighter. <laughs> yeah. Eh, <Yeah>. You know. <laughs> it's a bit weird, yeah. I mean, it actually came out in the arcades uh, on the yeah. STV, uh, on the Titan uh, set, Saturn yeah. uh, arcade board and before it, uh, before it came to the Saturn. It yeah. was a purchase too far, even for me, the actual Virtual Fighter Kids uh, boxed yeah. game. Like, I My just... friend who, br- who brought me the Saturn from Japan also swore by this game and also yeah. brought it along with me. Yeah. I remember CVG doing <laughs> some coverage of it and saying it was fun and cute and there were lots of, you know, enjoyable little elements tucked away in it. But yeah, if you if you had VF2 and Virtua Fighter, um, Fighting Vipers and Fighters Megamix, you really didn't need to buy VF no. Kids as well. Uh, yeah. anyway. Very clunky also the game because it felt like your limbs were just too exactly short. Exactly what Dan was saying. Yeah, tiny, tiny yeah. limbs. Ironically, the next character we're going to talk about had much longer reach than humans which is the uh the hornet number 41 yeah. car from the beloved daytona usa check out our daytona usa podcast um but yeah the wheel the wheels on this thing could actually um put out quite a punch yeah so he's he flings his wheels forward and stands on his on his back wheels yeah uh and then you can sort of do this car ram animation yeah. uh, that almost seems like uh, Platinum Games were looking at that when they did the uh, transform attacks in uh, Transformers Devastation, oh, where you yes, similarly no. ram your vehicle into <laughs> enemies like that. Um, but uh, it's very, still very tough to do much of anything with Hornet. Uh, yeah. But I'm told that if you get your armor smashed off, he becomes much lighter and, That's right. and much more maneuverable. It's like the, yeah. the car smashing stage yeah. from Street Fighter 2, but you're in it and playing as the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he gets better, supposedly, uh, if you're uh, like down on your health, health and uh, you get your armor smashed off. I suppose we should say, from, from a Sega design point of view, it's not bad making a, a pretty a plain American-style sports car the iconic character from more than one game, <laughs> like more than one franchise. Yeah. yeah, it's it still staggers me that like this is like it. It's not the cover star for the game, but it's certainly the, oh, it the been. character that you, it should have been. It's the one you remember, right? <laughs> the only way Hornet could have got better is with every single punch if it actually screamed Detona <laughs> or or beeped. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> It's kind of the proof, the living proof, almost uh, that uh, they were throwing everything in the kitchen sink, as, uh, as yeah. Dan earlier said, at this game. You know, if if you wanted any proof of that, and Hornet being in there, that's the one. The next character is something of a departure as well. Rent a hero, 
which was unfamiliar to most of us and still is really. <laughs> it's from the Japan only game, Rent a Hero, for the Mega Drive. Never came out in the West at all. Rent a Hero. It had a cancelled sequel for the Dreamcast, even. Oh, yes. As you can find uh, rum dumps. Uh... <laughs> Rent a Hero plays like a Fighting Vipers character, but has a, an additional handicap battery life measured by a battery shaped by battery shaped red symbols above the health meter. If they all disappear, Enter Hero shuts down. He is unlocked by defeating the Smart Guys section. His stage is Chicago from VF2. The Enter Hero's theme music, uh, stage music, was changed in the North American European release. In the Japanese version, his stage music was a remake of the title screen music that played on the Sega Mega Drive version of Rent a Hero, which is similar to that of a Japanese Sentai show theme song, while the North American and European versions have an instrumental version. Mm, I have the Japanese version of this game. Okay, so. yeah. yeah. I suppose one thing, one, one thing of note about this is I'm thinking about contemporary fighters like the Guilty Gear series where a lot of characters have specific or unique elements to, the, to their HUD uh, because of... Um, techniques or or character asset aspects um and that yeah. was very unusual at this point for a character yeah. to have its own little battery gauge yeah but as opposed to the uh guilty gear characters that usually have some sort of resource management tied mm. to that uh this is only more like a detriment like oh my yeah. battery is shutting down sorry <laughs> yeah I d was there any kind of point to maining rent a hero <laughs> just to is it, is it like a is it like a brag uh, bragging situation i can yeah, like beating people with dan yeah. yeah yeah maybe so uh siba is a prototype from vf1 but was cut from the cast by the time of the game's actual release uh am i right in thinking he has a, a scimitar yeah he does yeah. yeah that's also not fair no not fair at all. <laughs> Autobahn is probably the least whelming character of the uh, yeah. Unlockables because it's it was one that was in Fighting Vipers as a superpowered version of Barn. Yeah. Um, just stronger hits and higher priority moves and faster movement. I can't remember exactly what what the advantages of Urban were. Anyone? No, me neither. I haven't played a lot with him. Ura. Ura. Ura means uh, other, right? Other barn. Other barn, mm. yeah. Uh, wacky character, the one that takes the longest to unlock, potentially, <laughs> or because it's based on your Saturn's battery-backed internal clock, you can just rack up the playtime by leaving the game running. Uh, the developer's emblem, the AM2 palm tree, is available as a player character by cl clocking up 84 hours of game time and then selecting the Kuma-chan bear with the Z button. Uh, this also, as I recall, doesn't doesn't have any animation. It's just a logo. I don't, I don't remember it. It's just, it's staggering when you look back, isn't it? How buried certain things were in game. Yeah. <laughs> now, you, now you buy all the additional characters. Well, indeed, yes. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure how much I'd have paid for the AM2 palm tree, um, but I guess I did pay 84 <laughs> hours worth of electricity, uh, which was probably about 12 pence in 1997. <laughs> Mr. Meat, finally, uh, or Niku. This odd character becomes available after the game has been booted up 30 times. Nice way to do it. Mr. Meat is selectable by placing the cursor on Kuma-chan and pressing X and opting to play course one. 
uh, again, basically another comedy character. Although I bet you mm. there's somebody out there in the world who was a Mr. Meat Main. <laughs> also, um, as it's a reliant on the Saturn battery to clock up those 30 times, if you're like one of the many people who's Saturn has got a dead battery, you can't yeah. play as Mr. Meat, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can replace those batteries, but they just die again, as I've found many times. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, you, you lose all your save data. Yeah. Much, yeah. yeah. Uh, unless you've got the backup cart. But then, of course, one of the flaws with the Saturn is that it has a dodgy cartridge slot. There are, there are many pitfalls. Um, there's also the whole aspect to owning hardware of this age now that I haven't really gotten into, but I know our Chris O'Regan has been uh, attending to his, uh, his large collection of legacy hardware. And that is the, uh, the recapping, which is, oh, yeah. is it to do with transistors? You have to do something with a soldering iron. It scares, it scares me. I don't know. If, I think it scares me more than just the console dying. I don't know. I still have to open up my original Xbox and uh, take out the suicide battery in there. Oh, yeah, the suicide yeah. battery. Yeah. It's also like a capacitor that starts leaking. That's right. tied to the clock. You can just safely remove it uh, because the clock won't work anymore yeah. anyway. But yeah. uh, you don't want that leaking over your motherboard. Good point. Yes. Um, yeah. Obviously, <laughs> as you can tell from my complete lack of expertise, this is not the podcast to listen to for tips on keeping your original hardware alive um but i recommend that there you you seek out the resources if you have yeah. a saturn like i do and yeah it's probably i recently had a friend uh back up uh the the memory of my wii u ah very cool yeah because uh that's uh that was recently found out to have some flaws that could mm. completely break it and lose mm. pretty much you could lose everything on there and now you can't download it again uh well you can't buy exactly. it exactly yeah yeah as with a number of Saturn releases from the era, which I I can't remember if I found this out myself or someone alerted me to it, you can stick the disc, Virtual Fighter disc, into your PC's CD-ROM drive, as was then, and find some bonus artwork. Uh, some, I mean, it, the thing is, if you look at it now, it's actually pretty low res by modern standards. But at the time, it looked really high res. Um, I, I don't actually know what resolution it is, but I remember Radiant Silvergun had this and Knights and yeah, a few others. Um, I don't know why they did it, but they did. There's a couple of uh, regional differences to know about other than Honey, the Honey Candy thing, name swap. Uh, there are some changes to the rendered images, but really the, the Japanese and PAL versions, I think, are pretty much the same. But the US version was, uh, quotes, censored by those crazy woke fascists of the mid 1990s um rendered images seen in the game credits after completing a section of the single player mode are unlocked and can be viewed in the gallery and extra options however two of these images were altered uh, at the end of the girls course the second portrait to appear in japanese releases was honey or candy uh, in just her bra and thong in the u.s <laughs> this was replaced by a portrait of candy fully clothed and sporting her original player two colors from Fighting Vipers, the image from uh, the image of Tokyo with his shirt open from the Smart Guys course ending was also changed. So yeah, it was equal opportunity censorship. Um, Tokyo's shirt got buttoned up, and <laughs> and Candy had her, all her clothes put back on. Yeah, we can't have anything like that. Yeah. So yeah, you need to get um, right. Basically, you want the Japanese version if you want the 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 full excitement of a 
clunkily rendered mid nineties fighting game character <laughs> in in some underwear. What's even the point if you don't? Uh, yeah, and if you do, I'm, I can't help you. <laughs> we got a few three word reviews from Twitter. Follow us on the social media places at Canaan Rince. Robin Hoodie says, everyone but Pepsi Man. Oh, yeah. It's Here's Hill says, ridiculously raucous roster. Sibutsu says, kick that car. Pixel Project Bot says, favorite Saturn fighter. Thank you, folks. So yeah, it's uh, it's time to summarize fighting fighting times fighting fighters mega mix fighting festival. Um, I shall go first, not because I'm especially negative on it, but I don't think it's a uh, it's one that I can sort of heavily recommend in the sense that it's a game that's only legitimately playable on original hardware, with which uh, there are issues. That said, I would highly recommend if you don't uh, owning original Saturn hardware because. It's got such an incredible library on it. Ideally, you'd have a cathode ray tube to plug it into because that's where a lot of those things look the best and so on and so forth. But as I say, a lot of Saturn games that I really like are available elsewhere, but not Saturn Bomberman. Um, so if you want to pick up a Saturn to play Saturn Bomberman, you may as well pick up a copy of Fighters Mega Mix 2. Ideally, you'd have at least one or two or three friends who you could get together with. And everyone would be equally into it and equally skilled, but with different characters. And yeah, it all sounds a bit like a fantasy, doesn't it? This is a really cool relic of a really cool time. And it was a really fun thing of Sega to make and put out. And it's well worth looking up and seeing. But honestly, if I was going to say, you know, play some Sega fighting games now, by all means, uh, boot up Virtual Fighter 5, the most recent version, which is what I'm calling it. Ultimate Showdown, that's the one, on uh, hmm. on PS4 or 5. And from that, you'll get a great sense of what Sega Fighters are and were all about. You'll miss out on some of the wackiness and the fun of this package, this Fighters Mega Mix package, but then you can just go and... The, U the YouTube has all the soundtracks and, and videos of people playing through with the various characters. So I would say, if you haven't got a Saturn, enjoy that and play some Virtua Fighter. Um, an odd recommendation, but it sort of makes sense to me. Mikhail, how about yourself? Yeah. Um, is Fighters Mega Mix the best game on a Saturn? <laughs> not by a long shot, I think. Uh, not just because I have more of a preference for 2D fighters. Uh, but if you have one, it's one of those uh, quintessential Saturn games to own, I think. It's just... Uh, Unite so much of what the system is all about, and it's a if nothing else, just a bloody good laugh to play. <laughs> um, yeah, whether you do it by yourself, going through all the arcade paths, playing a little bit of the uh, survival mode or the team battle mode, or uh, you know, find some people that are uh, willing to have a laugh with you. Uh, yeah, it's undoubtedly something really enjoyable, and. Um, the, the fact that it hasn't been re-released since and it's only on the Saturn makes it only more curious and more of a curio thing to, to have a go at. So if even if you don't have uh, a Saturn and you don't have the game, uh, you know, you come across a friend that does, have a have a go at it. Have a blast and uh, you'll you'll have a good time. Fair and well said. 
Uh, Dan, we normally conclude with our guest, but uh, as it's Carl's nomination, you can go next. So it's it's a game that, while I've um, kind of said that, I don't especially click with the moment-to-moment moment gameplay so much. I'm so glad it exists as um, a sort of document, a love letter to AM2 and, and Sega of the time. Uh, one thing I was thinking about, say, um, Cebu. There's two... There's, I was going to say there's two ways of looking at it. There's three. There's, I remember one of the magazines at the time, possibly the official uh, Saturn magazine, just because of how it came across, um, talked about Cebu in terms of like archiving. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've, uh, preservation. Like, yeah, preservation and trying to sort of bring something that we'd never mm. had before. And then there's the other way of looking at it that, Oi, Dave, have you got anything else in that drawer that we can shove in here? Oh, yeah, there's a, an old character. <laughs> From the from VF1 enough. that yeah. we didn't use, yeah. <laughs> but um, I think it's more um, indicative that the game as a whole was like a Hail Mary mm. um, to try and bring people like myself who, who'd gone to the PlayStation back on board just to sort of try and make the most Sega thing possible. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and yeah, I'll, so I'll echo both of you that I think it's worth playing if you've got the ability to but if not, just go and revel in some videos or um, images and reviews online just to see what a strange time and what a crazy package <laughs> this was. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And yes, let's uh, conclude with Carl, whose pick for the year this was. Fighters Megamix is a really, really interesting one for me. Obviously, it was my nomination for the show for a reason. And, and it, a lot of it leans in towards the culture of gaming of that time and my memories of it being and of that time being probably the strongest in my entire um, history of gaming, you know, the the strength of the, what was now become apparent, the latter years of the arcade dominance, the introduction of, you know, CD-based home media and, and, you know, the, the, the movement of the console from the bedroom to the living room and it becoming more central to people's lives. And mm. Sega somehow coming in between trying to match the dominance of their brilliant arcade releases around that time and, and you know, the brilliant AM work that they'd done. And yet implement an element of fun into the game that was so abstracted from the norm at the time that, as we spoke about earlier, it seemed so ludicrous that it had to be an April Fool's. And even when I saw footage of it, on, I believe, Games Master. It still felt like it was some kind of long-running prank, and yet it released, and it, at least for a short period of time, seemed to pull the dominance of that that uh, multi-format media back towards the Saturn, and whilst it didn't have one, it made me very happy to see that happen, because... I was looking for excuses to pick up that console. I looked at things like Athlete Kings that looked a lot of fun, but I already had International Track and Field. I looked at things like Virtual Fighter, but I already had Tekken. And, you know, obviously I was also quite fortunate enough to be nearby the arcade. And, you know, whilst there were games that I was able to pick up at the time, like Knights, which, you know, is quintessentially its very own experience even today there's not a lot mm. feels like that it really was fighters megamix that was that peak for the saturn um not in terms of quality but in terms of 
presence um, and the desire for myself to, I don't want to say move away because I was never fundamentally loyal to the PlayStation for any reason. But obviously we all know that the Saturn released with a very high price tag and it was expensive and I was looking for an excuse to be able to save up my money and be able to purchase that console, which looking at the time this released, um, I'm guessing was January 1998. Um, and it's just so memorable at that time and it, it felt like it was so close to getting everything right it's a fun game. It's not as technical as the brilliant Virtua Fighter games. I still love those. Loved those then. Um, it feels abstracted somewhat towards what Fighting Vipers was doing, but that was still fun, but it never felt like you could take it overly serious as a competitive, um, truly well-balanced fighting game. And then there was also the competition of moving away from 2D games into 3D games because that's what that whole generation seemed to be about and yet the Saturn had the best 2D fighting games um, of that time and then you look at the culmination of bringing these iconic Sega characters into one fighting game and it seems like an oddity as Mikhail said a curio of the time but now we look across to Sega's all-time great rivals in Nintendo who brought all their cult fight uh, uh, characters into a fighting game in Smash Brothers and you're like, oh, could have, what could have been for Sega is now so dominant for Nintendo. Um, 3D versus 2D and, you know, it's the, the similarities are there and yet one dominates the gaming landscape competitively culturally and certainly in terms of sales and the other's been left to time as a Sega Saturn exclusive and mm. never to be seen mm. again and that just kind of makes it harder to play but at the same time it kind of gives it a bit of prestige and a bit of a lure that I feel like the the near 30 years has kind of added back onto Fighters Mega Mix. So it's gone through that reverse bell curve for me, if you will, of it had its peak, I needed to have it, over time, it kind of faded away as we got these incredible fighting games over the eras of the, you know, um, Soul Calibur from the, the Dreamcast all the way through what we saw with the 360 and the PS3, PS4. Um, and now where we are um, with, mm -hmm. obviously, where Smash Brothers has gone through the GameCube and kind of, you know, Wii and, and where it is now with the Switch. And now because time's moved so far you look again at it so fondly and what it tried to be and the fact that it is so hard to sort of play now outside of emulation that prestige has kind of come back and i think it's you know i'm not going to say it's, it's a culturally important game but i certainly think it's a great reference point to uh all the good and bad that is the sega saturn as just an incredible history of a console so for that, I'm always going to love it because I loved my Saturn. I was so sad when I had to sell it to cover some university fees and I've regretted it ever since, although it was it was fundamentally necessary. But it felt like there were so many experiences that you just couldn't have elsewhere on that system. Um, and Fighters Mega Mix is absolutely right up there as one of those experiences. Great experience, not necessarily a great game, but definitely a cultural landmark in my gaming life.
yeah, I'd say crucial to Sega culture, if if not uh, if yes. not the wider culture, certainly. All right. Yeah, that wraps that one up. It just remains for me, Leon, to thank Carl and Michiel and Dan and Editor Jay and our correspondents and, of course, you for listening. Next time, in issue 565, Unreal. <laughs> <laughs>